The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Right now, though, I want to talk about Irish Trail because they are going to introduce a quieter carriage on their Dublin Houston to Cork service from today. The carriage is being reintroduced both to improve services for customers with sensory issues and to provide, they say, choice to all customers following public feedback. Adam Harris is the CEO of As I Am. Adam, it is good to talk to you and thanks for taking the time. Um, In terms of that first group of people, the people with sensory issues, Adam, how might the reintroduction of the quieter carriage improve their travel experience? Well, the first thing I just want to say is I think this is hugely welcome. I think back in 2018, Irish Rail made the decision to discontinue this service, and that was the source of the great uh, disappointment at the time for many autistic and neurodivergent people. Since then, I know the Irish Rail Disability Users Group has done fantastic work in getting us today, and I think that's really exciting. So I suppose, as listeners might be aware, for autistic people, environments that might seem relatively uh, normal or day-to-day for most people can be very overwhelming and stressful for those of us who are autistic. Commuting is a huge barrier for many autistic people, particularly when it comes to the world of work, because actually taking in all of the noise, all of the uh, changes to the environment, dealing with all of the crowds before you even get to work or get to education can mean that a person is so exhausted that it's hard to see through the week or it's hard to actually even engage in the activity that you've been travelling for. I think we all know commuting on a long distance is challenging, and I think we all know that that Cork to Dublin train can be very, very busy. So what's particularly welcome is that there'll now be an accommodation where that will just be made a little bit easier, that even if it's still a busy train service, there'll be less other stimuli in the environment, whether that's people talking on the phone, whether that's people talking very loudly or playing music. And I think this is a great example for the public of how actually autism-friendly measures work for everybody. Because if you're travelling for work, if you have a migraine, if you're just tired at the end of the day, this is something that can benefit everybody, but can specifically benefit autistic people as well. Oh yeah, I, I suspect you're right. I think this will be a very popular carriage exactly. uh, on the train and on plenty of other trains were they, were they to roll it out more widely. How do you, as a service provider, Adam, cater for the wide range of needs? When you talk about people who are neurodivergent, I mean, divergence is the key there. It's a wide range of divergence and what might suit someone might not suit someone else. Well, I think the, the important word here is choice. So absolutely, there's autistic people who prefer quieter environments and there's also autistic people who prefer more busy, more stimulating environments. I think you won't find it difficult to find a stimulating environment <laughs> on a train. And also people will use their own tools, such as, for example, listening to music or indeed using ear defenders to make the experience more suitable to their own particular needs. It's important to say that under the Disability Act, public bodies have an obligation to ensure their services are accessible for autistic people and for all disabled people. This is one example of that. But I think I want to acknowledge some of the other positive changes that have come in in recent months as well. We've seen the introduction of a badge that you can get now from the National Transport Authority, where people, for example, uh, have an invisible disability that might require them to get a seat, but maybe other people won't be aware of that. Maybe people are embarrassed to ask. The badge is a way of raising awareness to that. We've also seen Irish Rail introduce sensory packs that people can request free of charge from Irish Rail to help their journey become a little bit easier. So the important thing for accessibility is to provide a range of options absolutely to provide the accommodations that an individual might need that they are entitled to. But I think it's also about realising that we need to think about how we can design our services in such a way that they're suitable for the maximum number of people at the get-go. Because mm-hmm. as we've been saying, universal design actually benefits everybody within the population. And as well as those measures that relate to public bodies and public services, public service providers, I mean, you've got examples like supermarkets as well. 
you know, offering shopping experiences whereby there won't be public announcements and lights are maybe turned down a little dimmer and there's certainly no music playing. Like, would I be right in thinking that like, the public realm is becoming a more hospitable place? If we're not necessarily, I'm saying we're kind of, we've reached the promised land, but it's certainly more hospitable than it was several years ago for people who are neurodivergent. I think what we're seeing is a really exciting momentum take place. And you're right, we're seeing that in autism-friendly towns this year, as I am working with 20 communities across the country. We have five autism-friendly universities now who have either been awarded or are working towards the standards. And you've mentioned organisations like Supervalue and Pennies that are running autism-friendly or quiet shopping times. All of that is really positive. I think what it shows as well is that people are seeing the benefit in this. Uh, being autism-friendly or being uh, sensory accessible really makes means talk, putting in place calmer, more supportive, more secure environments. And I think they work for everybody. I think COVID is a huge opportunity as well. Just to give you one example of that, when you think about it for a long time, one of the changes, as I am, would have been advocating for is to make the world a little bit more visual for people who might need cues. And if you think about it overnight, there was places that t- there was a signage in the supermarket that told us where to stand, how far a distance we should keep from the other person. Little signs to remind us to put a face mask on or to wash our hands. We saw how actually making the world a little bit more visual worked better for everybody. There's wins here across the board, but also I think it's important to say when an autistic person is excluded, it has a huge implication for the whole family. We know from research from the National University of Galway, University of Ireland in Galway, that it costs on average an additional €28,000 per year to raise a child on the autism spectrum. And what we would find is very often if one member of the family isn't able to enjoy a family day out, isn't able to go to a particular environment, the whole family doesn't go. We know that over 3% of children in the school system have an autism diagnosis. If you multiply that out, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people who are autistic or have mm-hmm. an immediate, immediate family members. So this makes sense. It absolutely meets the needs of autistic people, but it also makes strong business sense as well. Where did the most profound challenges still lie then in terms of improving that hospitability? So I think there's a few things. I think it's always good when there's a momentum around something. I think quality control becomes important, however, as well. We need to make sure these initiatives aren't just about buzzwords. And critically, the most important accommodation continues to be training. Uh, we do an Attitudes to Autism poll every every year. Um, our most recent one showed that the vast majority of people in Ireland still don't believe they have a good understanding of autism. So you can run a quiet time, but if the staff working in that environment don't understand what that means, don't know how to maybe identify when an autistic person needs additional accommodation, those struggles will continue. We do ultimately have to remember as well, while these initiatives are very welcome, we need to move beyond them being exceptional things that we praise and we need them to become the norm across society. And that's why one of the things As I Am has been campaigning on and we're now seeing progress on in terms of the new Joint Office Committee on Autism is we need to see a whole-of-life strategy for autism. And we need to remember autistic people aren't just people who want to go to school or access healthcare. We're people who want jobs, want to go out for a drink, want to go out for restaurants. So we need every aspect of society to be accessible and inclusive. Adam Harris, CEO of As I Am. Adam, pleasure as always. Thanks a million for taking the time to speak to us uh, on The Hard Shoulder. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.